0: Itinerant is what I've chosen I find myself in a big city prison Arisen from the vision of mankind Designed to keep me discreetly Neatly in the corner you find me with the flora and the fauna And the hardship Back yard is where my heart is Still, I find it hard to depart this big city life Big city life Me try to forget my Pressure eyes no matter what Me try Big city life in my heart
1: tuned into The Beat on BFF.fm. My name is Nick Powell. I will be with you for the next two hours, as is the case every Sunday at 4pm Pacific Standard Time. We started off a little on a little bit of a weird note today. I've been... Uh, I watch a lot of uh, Twitch TV, which is uh, user-created live streaming, often about video games, and uh, as a... Uh, bless you. As an uh, outgrowth thereof, I get exposed to the musical tastes of uh, 22-year-olds Eastern Europeans. Um, so that, that that was a song called Big City Life uh, that I just have been listening to all week um, by a band called Matafix. I think it was like a medium... Sized mainstream European club hit like five years ago. Actually, ten years ago. 2006. Um, we've got a big, full show for you today. We are um, doing Beat the Game, our video game discussion show at 4.30. We'll be talking about Firewatch. A very, uh, what can I say, successful uh, a, a game that was... Uh, much anticipated and delivered. Um, uh, so I'm excited to talk to Forrest about that. Um, and on Artbeat at 5.30, we'll be discussing Kesha, as well as uh, some other things that have happened in the world of music, specifically, and um, uh, the inner workings, the CD inner workings of the music business. Um, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we're going to get back to our bread... M. Butter here on uh, The Beat Um, I've been listening to this album a lot It's by a band called Petal Uh, The album's called Shame And uh, there's a couple of tracks That I like off there But I was just listening to the whole thing um, This weekend And I found another one that I uh, Yeah, it's just a really solid album So I'm enjoying going through it This one's called Camera Lens You're listening to The Beat on BFF.FM ready Big Boys with We've Got Your Money. I'm a little distracted because I've got my eight-month-old daughter in the studio with me, and she's looking at me like she's about to start wailing. But I got headphones on, so I'm not gonna know. You're gonna know, though. Uh, Before that, we heard the Ballantines. With my place, your town. Uh, Sean Na Na, uh, off of his album Family Trees. Uh, the song is called "We've Been Here Before." Uh, Oscar, a band that I've been listening to recently, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's, I'm not. I'm still trying to figure out that band um, but uh, the song's called Sometimes and before that another good uh, new record um, by a band called The Crooks uh, the one, this the album's called Lucky Ones, the song's called I Wanna Waste My Time On You you're tuned to The Beat on BFF.fm, we're gonna have Beat the Game starting in just a few minutes in which we will discuss The Witness, no, <laughs> Firewatch um, there's so many good games coming out that I get them all mixed up uh, We'll be discussing Firewatch um, Which is a video game For those of you who are not aware uh, But until then We got a couple more jams that we could squeeze in Before we get started on that uh, This one's by a band that I've been ignoring for too long And I am currently uh, Ameliorating that situation They're called I think they're a local I'm su- pretty sure they're a local band um, play around a lot They're called The Cool Ghouls. This one's called A Natural Life. You're listening to The Beat on BFF.fm. Broadcasting live from the Mission District in San Francisco, California, it's Beat the Game. Beat the Game. On BFF.fm. Welcome to the show. Hey Forrest.
2: Hey Nick, what's up, man?
1: Nothing. As you see, I gave my baby a receipt. And now she is cry not crying anymore.
2: Yeah, it's like giving me a copy of Fallout or Civ or something. Yeah. It just immediately was just like turned off.
1: Yeah, she's uh she is docile.
2: She's like, just one more fold. Just one more fold and then I can have have a tantrum.
1: Yeah, they've got um you know, they've 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 put this cr- crinkle technology into some of the game the kids toys now <laughs> yeah
2: like the crinkle engine on this one
1: yeah yeah, yeah. no but it's true like uh, they've really started to um to try and kind of you know get that crinkle it's like a role-playing thing yeah you, know? you get that crinkle uh that sensation um through you know putting like little plastic inside of toys and stuff but you know with so, as with so many things nothing beats the real thing yeah she know?
2: doesn't prefer simulations no she, no she's like give me she
1: wants to crinkle
2: she's looking pretty happy
1: yeah i got na- i got napkins for backup okay. you know
2: once she goes through that
1: anyway um well we're here today to talk about firewatch so i guess we could start firewatch. there unfortunately
2: um, our special guest was unable to make it
1: yeah well i don't know where he is but uh we're we'll, we'll have we him might have
2: him on later yeah, yeah we'll have
1: him on later uh but I don't need to delay the uh, diving into this game. I've only started playing it on Friday only
2: because there's been so many good games coming out that it was sort of in my queue. Um, I I totally, when I found out that our guest wasn't going to come, I totally wanted to uh, get you into another game. And then I was like... We literally have six hours to play this, <laughs> so that's probably not the best idea, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, but you, I know, have, like beat it like a couple of
1: weeks ago or like a week ago, yeah, or I did like I
2: did. Uh, um, so I'm kind good. of
1: like I'm kind of like at the point where I feel like there's two good times to talk about a game. There's like when you're done with it but I feel like I'm in a good place which is like where you've you're sort of like three to five hours in Mm. where you've got enough where you can you kind of feel it but you're kind
2: of they've shown you all the different mechanics but you still haven't like yeah and you feel like
1: like you've gotten through a mission or two so you like understand the flow and stuff like that Um, I really like the game so far I think you know when it first started I was a little bit worried um so many of these indie games now, they have, they suffer from the same, um, uh, the same pitfall that, like, sort of indie ish, basically, like, Zoe Deschanel movies from, like, 2007 <laughs> fell for, which was, like, you know, like the classic line in, um, in, uh, Garden State when she's like, the chins are going to change your life and everyone, and the America laughed because, yeah. <laughs> if any band is ever going to change your life, it's not going to be the shins. Um, But, uh, but you know, there's this sort of like sensibility thing of like, you know, um, it's having the setup and having like everyone be awkward and like self effacing and stuff. Um, And, and so when there was like that first line was like, I walked up to her and said like something dumb or something in this bar. Um, But actually, that quickly dissipated in like two minutes um because that story that they tell in the beginning of the game is like so fast and so intense yeah so intense so quickly that it was like it really just kind of warps you into the sort of feeling yeah, it draws
2: you it's like uh that movie up oh my god yeah i, I was saying
1: the exact same thing yeah i was saying exactly I, I, that's exactly i saw it's told cat you can check with her i'm not stealing your idea no my main my like i I wonder how many people i wonder if like people have written about that like uh, that was exactly the comparison i made
2: i mean it's a brilliant move too um i think having finished it um it may not have been the wisest choice but Uh, it it really is clever because you're immediately like I want to see what happens like I want to see like why, like what this character has got going on now yeah you know?
1: and your, your empathy just is like in overdrive yeah, immediately yeah. where you're like yeah man you've been through a lot in these last 30 seconds and like I'm ready to <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you know
2: I'm ready to go on this journey of self-discovery with you you and I have been together for the hardest parts of your life yeah. which literally were the last 30 seconds yeah, of my yeah. life <laughs> that's so funny that you said up though because I was so proud oh, of that man. comparison we um, uh, side, short side story a man and I went to one of those pubs. Pubs, like Alamo Drafthouse uh-huh. and uh, she had heard a little bit about Up before we went to go see it but she was like, I would like one chocolate sundae please because she was like I knew I was going to cry and so I might as well be crying and enjoying a chocolate sundae. That's
1: very smart.
2: <laughs> as opposed to this being entirely sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that movie, and
1: that's funny, like I didn't even love that movie but the first five minutes were like unbelievably good and I like I like... Yeah, I mean, when people would ask me about that movie, they'd be like, what'd you think? I'd be like, I liked it, all right. First five minutes, fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, so good. Yeah. Um, in in Firewatch, I think, actually, it's th- the game gets better as you go on, but, um, but it did have that same thing of just, like, really getting you on board. And the way, the demeanor of the guy, you know, he's kind of dopey, you know, your character, um, but, like, which is fine, but, like, if he was just dopey for no and like kind of just because like you were supposed to there's an implication that he was cool because he was not cool or cool because he was self-effacing it'd be a little bit more cloying and a little bit more annoying but uh pretty good rhyme right there uh but um (laughs) but because he's like you know you kind of understand where he's at in his life and it's not he's not coming from a place of being like oh i'm just like a he a guy who doesn't give a shit. Yeah. It's like he, he isn't
2: like. Yeah. Well, and he also. Like, there's actual stakes, too. I mean. Um, it's so hard. Like, Superman doesn't have to be brave, right? Because he's literally invincible. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I feel like it's the same sort of thing. Like, he's. The protagonist in Firewatch, he probably has a name that I have totally forgotten. Yeah,
1: what is his name? Hank or Hank? Harry? But Harry. Then, yeah, because in the first, the woman on the radio calls him Hank, and Hank, she yeah. like can, he can correct him if you, her if you want. Is it Delilah?
2: It starts with right, a D. Yeah. He, he calls her D. Anyway, he, uh, you know, he's flawed, um, which, when done poorly, can can be annoying but i think in this case was actually like a benefit yeah. you know you weren't just like oh well he's gonna make it through because he's tough right right you know
1: what um so since i don't want to get too caught up on sensibilities how did you enjoy like the gameplay and like the you so, know, sort of like the setup
2: um i guess t- for people who haven't played it uh you start the game off with like a quick sort of choose your own adventure type uh exploration of the character and why he is going to this firewatch and then most of the gameplay is sort of a first person um, kind of like a first person adventure game i guess i'd say like you unlock essentially puzzles uh, Yeah. you answer the radio and t- and choose conversational gambits um, and just for up. anyone who
1: has not who's like not aware of what we're talking about set in like i think in the 80s or something but anyway in re- relatively, be the 80s, relatively yeah. modern times in Colorado or in Wyoming. In Wyoming. And you are by fire watch. We mean you are like a ranger or like a fire a guy in yeah, working. You work, you work you work in the national park. Yeah, kind of.
2: you yeah. you work for the forestry service, basically alerting them when a fire starts. Yeah. Uh, and this these are real jobs. I don't know if they still exist. They probably do it all by satellites now, but you can see these towers places when you're driving around a national forest, and it's just a tower like a hundred feet in the air. That's a fire tower. Um. So uh, basically, you know, we won't, I, I'll try to spoil as little of it as possible, although it's probably fairly easy to guess. But some stuff happens in that choose-your-own-adventure. You kind of decide to, to drop out for a little bit, and um, you go to work in this tower. And basically, from the very moment you start in the tower, you start building a relationship with one of the other people and that isn't to say i mean I, I saw some interesting stuff as it as i usually do i played through most of the game and then uh looked up other people's experiences and other people's reviews uh you actually don't i mean i don't know it's it is a man and a woman uh, but it's it's apparently very easy to play it um as though you're just friends or as though you really don't like her uh in mine it was kind of like i figured i need to get my guy back on the horse Yeah, Uh, because you're looking for love. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about friend zoning Delilah actually. Now that now it's it's interesting to know that I can.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. There's so I don't think it's one of those games where there's like a story arc that changes dramatically. Um, But she definitely responds to you differently, Mm -hmm. Um, and definitely within a given conversation, she'll respond differently. Mm. Um, So. I love this game It's about a six hour game So adjust your purchasing decision accordingly It's not like a super long game Um, It's absolutely beautiful And the voice acting is Very very good But um, one One of my only critiques Was that I wish that they gave you a chance To sort of appreciate how beautiful it was Like I really wish There was just like a fishing mini game Or like a like stare off into the sunset minigame or something. Like it definitely wants to keep you on the like story roller coaster. Uh-huh. It definitely wants you to like respond when you're supposed to respond and like as soon as they're done telling you all this stuff, it wants you to um you know move on to the next goal Yeah, or so
1: interesting and I noticed that too. I didn't I mean I generally I would say I saw that as neutral to positive and spe- like and this is something we've talked about before is like I'm always I get uncomfortable when I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um but I did you know regardless of the value judgment on it I did notice that too that it was more than it seemed like it needed to be or more than would be typical of a game of this type. Uh it was very explicit about what you should be doing and when there's like that thing over the top that tells you what your mission is which like even in games like this the one that comes to mind since i've been playing it is like wolfenstein where like you you know wolfenstein you're not hanging around you're like trying to kill like you know storm a nazi base but even then you have to like go back and look up what your mission is as opposed to having it just like you know on ac- the across the screen just like go check out the fire tower like the communications tower or it whatever. was
2: it was a weird choice too because um this is one of the few games where you get a map but it doesn't um it isn't like a mini map it's an actual like physical map that he starts yeah. looking up i mean i kind of would have preferred that it would have been like and there is a notebook that you can get to that has like the all the stuff that you think you're supposed to be doing um but I would have preferred that, like, you open up the map and just, like, written in the corner is whatever your next objective is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, go yeah. to the lake or whatever. Right. Um, as opposed to just sitting out across the top of the screen the whole time. It kind of broke the illusion a little bit for me.
1: So one thing about the sort of scale... Well, I don't know if I'm getting off topic, but...
2: If you're going to say... Well, so one of the other critiques I had was it didn't seem... For, like, you being in the middle of the wilderness with no one else around, the zone didn't really seem big enough Uh and i could see how it could get really annoying if you actually had to spend like 15 minutes getting to whatever the next checkpoint was but um i i thought that either hank was like incredibly athletic or like the national park was just like basically a city park because it doesn't take you very long to get from end to end all over the place
1: yeah so i guess so yeah so i guess that does relate to some extent so just in general, I thought the scale of this game was pretty small. In, in other words, there are not a ton of different interactable objects. There are not a ton of different sort of pathways. There are not like there's not a ton of space. Not a ton of choice as to what you're do, what to what you're doing. Yeah, you actually um,
2: get blocked out of certain zones until later in the game too.
1: Yeah, and uh, and I mean, I don't necessarily think of that as a negative. I think it's an interesting choice and I think it does, it sort of shows something about where the developers were at with this game. In other words, yeah. this is a game that's sort of made by people who, um, I know that I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to misstate this, especially since we'll have Patrick on and he can he will correct us, but uh, but I think that there's some gone home people are involved with this game, some yeah. people that were involved with that game This is a a group of people who had a pedigree, and before this game came out, people were like very excited about this game. They knew this game, or they thought, you know, they felt that this game was yeah. going to be good. And it seems like it was not a super ambitious undertaking, which I don't say as a knock. I think it's like, but I, but I, but I mean, when I heard about this game, I, I didn't know whether it's a, it's a, it's a fairly small game uh you know um, I would agree with that yeah and I think that like that's probably as a result of people who did not want to just sort of do like bite off more than they could chew and sort yeah. of make some big mess they wanted to make sort of like a tight clean very pleasurable game and and, you, and and then you know sort of go from there
2: yeah and you can tell that there's a pretty high amount of polish uh, on the entire game um, so I mean it definitely worked Uh but I would agree. It does feel in certain cases like they've kind of constrained, maybe a little artificially. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell that it's very purposeful. You know, right. like it's it's a very self-contained uh, piece of art, and it's a very like well-done piece of art. But you almost feel like they could have reached a little bit mm-hmm. and maybe done a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Huh. But I mean, I highly recommend it to anybody. Uh, I've been seeing it all over in the press, and um, I think it's it's well deserved. Yeah. I mean,
1: uh, the other thing that reminded me of Up about it, um, it was sort of the graphics and I, you yeah, know in the terms art of the style. Way, yeah, pretty the art style, and which I kind of liked because. You know, again, my preconceived notion going in of these people having a lot of sort of indie cred, I would have been, I would, I was probably hypersensitive to it being like too indie, hmm. and it wasn't. In other words, in you're taking like a more Pixar style art style as opposed to some like highly stylized, cool art style. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I thought, I thought it was a nice, like, it was a nice move of just being like, oh, this isn't like, it doesn't look like a, I mean. To some extent, it does look like a Wes Anderson movie, but it doesn't look in a, not in a bad way. You know what I mean? Not in the way that you don't want things to look like a Wes Anderson movie, yeah. movie where like well, you know they could have had you could have had like a little every day when it said day one in like a very normal font. It could have been on like a little rickety like wooden sign with like little log like you know yeah. pictures, but it's not. It's it's not sort of done in that in a super super stylized or precious way. And I guess that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. It's small. It's pretty. It's very pretty. I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's like clean, tight, but it's not precious. Yeah.
2: Which is Yeah, it's definitely not overdone or like cloying uh, in its minimalism even. Um, But I really wish there was just some way to appreciate it where I didn't feel like it. Like at one point I went and I was talking to Delilah on the radio and I was just like organizing the cabin because I just wanted to spend more time like in that space
1: I got a really big complaint about this game. When I got went to the lake and the girls were skinny dipping in the lake, I took their radio. I just picked it up once, yeah. on my way out and just brought it home with me.
2: Um, and it disappeared. And it disappeared. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was pissed. And you know, because I, I had to cart that thing home, and then every time I had to bring up the map, I had to drop the radio just and to pick bring up it back the map, up again. And then pick it back up, and I had to listen to that song <laughs> for like five, ten, like minutes. Yeah. Just press play. But, uh, but no, but, I mean, the, the reason I mention it is only to say, like, again, like, there's there's a certain level of, like, not that complexness to the game. Yeah. In other words, you wake up in the morning, uh, your you know, your your thing gets trashed or whatever, your little cabin gets trashed, and then you wake up in the morning and, like, everything is back where it goes. Anything you brought in disappears, and, like, then there's, like, six yeah. books on the floor or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, Which is, like, the, that's the trade-off, right? It's, like, you know, it's sort of very clean and, like, neat, but it's not it's not super you know they kind of had to cut some you know had to sort of put some hard rules in place in order to do that
2: yeah i mean i was also a little disappointed in that um and it isn't i guess it isn't very clear the sort of stuff that's gonna like persist or stay the way it is and Mm -hmm. the stuff that's gonna change like um have you gotten the camera yet no at one point you get a camera And they don't really tell you what it's for uh, Which is kind of cool In a way but also uh, And I'll try not to Spoil this because I do know that you'll want to play To the end but I started taking pictures Of certain things and I thought That it was like a game mechanic Mm -hmm. um, But it just shows you Those pictures at the end During the credit scene Um, I see. So like I totally ruined The tone of the end of the game For myself
1: because you had taken what, I, pictures of stuff you wanted to go back to or well, something? Well,
2: yeah, like, I had taken pictures of, like, clues, basically. Right, right, But the ending credits are all, like, this really kind of, like... Yeah. Kind of, like, you know, like have a, lo- a look back. Yeah, like, bittersweet, melancholy, like, the, the crazy summer I had kind of thing. And then it's, like, all these, like, super clinical photos <laughs> of, like things that can be interpreted really terribly you know like it was like uh that's really funny um
1: that's kind of good i mean i feel like that's kind of like that's a good good uh, good um show, uh, demonstration of your personality yeah station of your yeah. personality totally. you're like ah oh, the summer i had <laughs> the summer i had when i saw this fork and i went yeah i went
2: back and decided to check each way Uh, And chronicle them The beautiful summer I had when One apple was not Sitting in the bunch with the rest of them And so I just had to ponder On whether or not that had any meaning (laughs) on my life Or not Yeah.
1: Um, Alright well so good So I think that that um, Yeah I think
2: Yeah I I would put this in the buy category I definitely um, enjoyed my time As a Firewatch Uh, I don't know that I'd replay it necessarily So Uh that's a calculation that I think you should take into account. But I also think this might be a good game to play, like, as a group. If you could get people to sit down for a few hours.
1: I thought of having Kat come play with me, but that's always kind of... The only game we've really really gotten uh, any... I've gotten any traction with her uh, on is Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Mm. Um, (laughs) But anyway... Because uh, I mean, we, Yeah we gotta play that one to, again We're supposed to be playing Life is Strange together But that still hasn't really We've put in like two or three hours of it Anyway Before we go today I have a big announcement to make Oh yeah I as you know am a very serious Hearthstone player
2: I keep forgetting to ask you How well you're doing Well it's funny that you would
1: ask <laughs> I on Friday night Hit Legend for the first time I'm incredibly proud of myself. I, I feel more a part of the Hearthstone community. <laughs> I feel like a player on the national stage. Um, I, uh, do you know how the, the ranking works in that game? I it's don't, It's kind of actually. interesting. So, basically, you start at a level... You, you know, you start out at rank 25, but basically, at the end of each season, you get bumped down to around 17 or 20 or something, depending on how high you got. Uh, and then the way it works is every time you win a game, you got you get a star. Every time you lose a game, you lose a star. And then so you have to basically have a fifty-one percent win rain, rate, and then you start you climb. Climb, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a there there are like win streaks where you get a bonus star. So actually, up to rank five, you only need probably a forty percent win rate or something. But uh, as once you get to rank five, you need a, a you know fifty-one percent win rate. Um, But, I mean, a 51% win rate would obviously take you a a very long time. But anyway, um, so... uh, Yeah, so anyway, and then once you get rank 1 and 5 stars, and you, you get above that, you get legendary. And if you get legendary, you're in legendary for the rest of the month. Oh, cool. So you can't drop back. Um... Which it took me a while to understand because I was like that was part of why I was like worried about because I had talked to you about how yeah. I was like thought I'd never get legendary. I was like, well then I'm gonna get legendary for one game and then I'm gonna lose and I'm gonna be back in rank one and I'm gonna be like super pissed um, but I, the, then I realized that and so then at that point you get you're just numbered in terms of what your win rate is and I don't know the exact specifics of it, but it's basically what your win rate is compared to everyone else. That's a legend. Right? Okay. So you, it's cool because you can see your actual ranking in. It's divided by continent, so like in the continent. I mean, there's three or four servers, but like, yeah. So basically, like when I it says like when I hit legend, I was 1160, and that means I'm number 1160 in North America.
2: That's pretty you know? cool.
1: Which is great. I mean, do you know what
2: the total population of Legends is? Is it like
1: oh, 5, you know, yeah? So I'll tell you because like I watch it from time to time like or like i watch a lot of hearthstone on twitch and so i see and i've never seen anything above like 2500 huh so that's about how yeah that's cool legend yeah um but anyway it's really cool because i feel like it was an achievable goal but also one that like i feel like i feel cool about Proud, like i yeah. feel like i'm really competing in this game like on a on a serious level yeah as yeah. opposed to like you know just beating a game and being like yeah but how many millions of people beat this game yeah. or, you know um
2: See, anyway that's yeah. that's where i am with achievements man i always look for the achievement that's like 0.05 percent have achieved this oh interesting. and those are yeah. the ones that i go crazy trying to hit mm-hmm. so i could be like well yeah but you didn't get the super secret achievement right
1: right <laughs> i um i noticed that if i watch has like five achievements
2: and like the first one is like getting through the first day all all five of them are just for finishing parts of the story yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i kind of like that Uh, it makes it simple uh the witness only has two one of them is beat the game and the other one's like i read i read up on it and it's like you have to beat a certain puzzle within 60 minutes and the puzzle itself is randomized so you can't just like look up the walkthrough or whatever Mm -hmm. um so I feel like if I stick with the witness, which by the way, uh, you telling me about the boat got me back into it, and I unlocked the desert. So, um, so that was good. I yeah. put a little more time in. When are you gonna quit your job and become a professional Hearthstone player?
1: Yeah, I mean, so I'm thinking. I don't know if March is ambitious for the March season. If I don't know, mm-hmm. I I guess like it depends. I should call Twitch and see what their partnership. Yeah. you know what i mean because i need that five dollar subscribe button
2: yeah yeah uh
1: and then you, you yeah probably, but i mean definitely yeah. by june or july i will quit uh being and i i think uh i actually my my beautiful daughter who's chewing on your headphones um uh i'm thinking that she's gonna be my ticket in twitch fan in twitch fam i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna stream with a baby yeah like how do you on the- compete
2: ergo you, baby on yeah, the front and yeah then, and
1: how do you compete with a baby oh and the, you know i got although i gotta say that that is one of the great things about hearthstone um i was trying to get further in the firewatch before we pl- we came in today but not a gone easy game to play with a baby you do, have to Wazda have, and the mouse you have to have the work. two hands i mean yeah. i was
2: trying to so I, i've talked about this before but i have a job where i spend a bunch of hours on the phone and then maybe i'll get a lunch break or whatever so i'll just play a video game to like decompress because i've been essentially like face to face with a co- customer for like the last three hours or whatever so like i tried to fire up Firewatch and just like noodle around or whatever and i was like i have to have two hands for this yeah how am i gonna eat my sandwich yeah my video game
1: yeah i think we need to start there needs to be an entire genre like there should be a category on steam like games I could play while working slash holding a baby. Yeah, yeah. Games I could
2: play while. Yeah, just one-handers. one-handers. Oh man, that's sounds so dirty. Those <laughs> would all just be like L-
1: L- Larry Leisure Suit Larry.
2: Oh man.
1: Uh. On that note. Um. Cool. It was great talking to you and uh, everybody. Stay tuned. We'll have Art beat. You know what we're talking about on Art today?
2: No. Kesha. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Um.
1: And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, as we are every week, uh, with hot video game chat uh, for your one-hander pleasure.
2: (laughs) Uh, Always keep one hand on the mouse, gentlemen.
1: One hand on the mouse. That's how we do it on (laughs) Beat the Game on BFF.fm.
3: At the pain. The the dance. D-O-A.
1: That was uh, the yum yums with "Come on, come on" off their album "Blame It on the Boogie." Before that, uh, English singles off of I need to buy their seven inches. They, they, I'm like an album guy, and so I always like ignore bands EPs and wait until they put an album out and I just get the album. Uh, but. Uh, I don't know what they, when they're gonna do that Get around to that And uh, that's really good stuff I need to pick those up at some point um, Anyway, uh band's called English Singles Maybe I should have realized Given the fact that they've got singles in the name of the band That they might not uh, be putting out in full length um, Before that, FM Knives from the Archives That song is called 16DOA and Mike Crawl off of his new uh, or new-ish record, Turkey, um, on Merge Records. Hopefully doing well. I haven't heard too much about it since it came out, but um, I really like that record. That one was called La La La. Uh, we've got uh, some more jams lined up. We've got some 90s jams. I'm going to take that 90s kick that all these bands are on, and I'm going to push it. I'm going to push it, see if I can push it. Uh, I'm going to see if they I'm, I'm going to see if I can get them to, to get a little fear of God in them A little careful what you wish for Experiment Because um, if you want to go 90s I got some jams lined up for you uh, But first uh, We'll ease into it with a little Fred Thomas Off of his new solo record Out on the polyvinyl record label Yes uh, This one's called Cops Don't Care Part 2 On BFF.FM
4: So was
1: never an asshole. All right, I think that was actually a really earthy, really down to earth intro. Cause, uh, Cause, you were, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. Cause I pressed the, arc, the mic thing, and then it changes what comes through the monitor. So anyway, thanks oh, okay. for thanks for the white knuckled, blind intro
5: we're flying blind
1: yeah man uh no net no 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 um no (laughs) safety net uh cool hey lily welcome to artbeat thank you hi uh
5: how's it
1: going it's going good i got um alex here she's uh drinking a bottle Um, oh wow yeah we got a lot going on she had a
5: celebrity appearance
1: yeah she's been fussing a little bit so we um we uh we gave her a receipt she's really into crinkling paper that's kind of her thing
5: oh man i'm bummed that i missed uh i like the one day i don't come into the studio. Alex and I'm guessing
1: your baby mama is there too. No, she's a she's at work dealing with like the Oscars.
5: Oh wow! So yeah, you, that's why um, I'm stuck with
1: the baby. Because, you're on double duty. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm stuck with the baby so that Cat can make sure that all of the Oscar coverage is going with swimmingly on popsugar.com. I never um I never promo or or like uh, what is the word plug Cat's work. I- I think if I could get the BFF.fm FM audience to tune into the Pop Sugar coverage of the Oscars, you know. It would
5: make a big difference yeah, for pop sugar. I mean I think their yeah, really need our endorsement.
1: I think their pre money valuation would just jump by <laughs> by millions. Um anyway. What's up with you, man?
5: Yeah, I guess we could have we could have done an Oscars topic today.
1: Yeah, you know, I was just thinking Uh, on the way over here. um, You know, we did watch The Martian together.
5: Yeah,
3: we could do an entire
1: we could do an entire um, uh, art beat on dad jokes.
5: (laughs) Yeah, that was my main beef with The Martian. He was like, Matt Damon isn't meant to be snarky. He was miscast.
1: He he was
5: because like he was supposed to. It was like so off base that he was playing a nerd. First of all, like he's so he's such a jock. I mean, he's a nerd in Goodwill Hunting. Uh, that's but, what I was about you know, to bust
1: you on. Jock, that good 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 jock, work but jumping but out. The
5: whole, the whole thing was in Goodwill. In Goodwill Hunting was like, oh my god, can you believe this guy? This
1: jock is a like nerd. A,
5: Yeah, right. That was the plot. And so that's why it worked. But the Martian were just supposed to take it as a given that Matt Damon's a space missed. I I wasn't feeling it. (laughs) But actually, you got set up. You didn't see the whole thing because you were annoyed that Kat and I were treating it like an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000.
1: No, I think it's mostly just because I didn't, I didn't like the movie that much. I mean, you know, I don't like movies oh, okay. in general that much. And uh, there was, like, video games to be played in the other room. So I just, right, you know. Right,
5: right. Um,
1: we gave up. I'm trying, and then did we, I guess that's it for, you know, we were supposed to have this big push to watch all the gay movies this year, but all we ended up watching was The Danish Girl. You know the gay movie that's get the, you know, that's got all the uh, nominations is this um, one with Rooney Mara and uh, some older actress. Um, do you know oh, this I'm, one?
5: I have no idea. Uh, it's no, called, I don't. I get,
1: it's a name. It's a woman's name. I can't remember. Anyway. Um, so All what,
5: I know is that nobody of color Right, that yeah. Like so that
1: so that's a whole Twitter controversy. That's all you
5: need to know. Yeah,
1: all you need to know um is uh you know, basically Artbeat is like critique of what the BuzzFeed staff are writing about.
5: <laughs> that's true. It reminds like, you know, me the of hashtag uh, is trending. Yeah. free ketchup.
1: We're here to give you the real...
5: Oscar is so white.
1: Yeah, we're here to give you, like, the real deal. The, like, re- <laughs> reaction to the reaction to the reaction of what's <laughs> being true. blown up on BuzzFeed. later. Yeah. Several
5: weeks later. Yeah,
1: well, we wanted to have time to temper it. It reminds me of there was, like, this, so, like, in 2005, Kat, my wife, lived in this apartment, and their downstairs neighbors were, like, these, like, indie... Rock dudes. I actually ran into one of them the the one time I went to South by Southwest. Like that, he was like the first guy I ran into on the street.
3: Oh, of course, Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, he, I uh, one of those guys told me with a straight face, yeah. So we actually run this blog. It's called the Tuning Fork. It's sort of a blog (laughs) about like things that we don't feel that Pitchfork got exactly right. (laughs) So it was like a derivative. (laughs) Yeah, so that's kind of like what our show is for BuzzFeed. Um so today's I yeah, go ahead.
5: Boycott BuzzFeed. Is that right? I actually was I, I was
1: yeah. I was cleaning up my uh I was cleaning up this computer. Um that I that I'm trying to get rid of, and I was pulling all this stuff off of it, and like there's there's of course like all these little screenshots of stuff that I thought was funny, and I was like, oh, I should screenshot that so I can have it for later, and I I found mm-hmm. one that I don't remember taking at all, but it's just a it's just um the Facebook that says like see f- it says like did you not like this, and then it's like options <laughs> see fewer posts from BuzzFeed.com, uh- and I was like. Good like, for you. Yeah, it's good that Mark Zuckerberg is giving me those kind of options in my life. Yeah, and um, you
5: you let him know how you felt about that. Yeah,
1: piece. I said I'll see fewer posts, not none, just fewer. Um, so sure. anyway, so it's, so it's funny. So not to be apologetic because I, I I don't apologize for anything. But um, but this topic. So we were going to talk about Kesha today, and this is yeah. t- a topic that we sort of thought about a little bit, and then we kind of passed over. Uh, and then about a week ago, I said to you, actually, that I actually thought it was worth talking about. Um, yeah, because, you know, I think when it first came out, um, I guess. So I guess what's happening is that Kesha is is trying to get out of uh, con- I mean, of course, now I'm I'm already putting a spin on it, by the way that I'm introducing it. But um, she is in a civil suit. Uh, with Sony saying um, that she doesn't, that they're, they're, they're trying to enforce the, she wants to um, get out of her recording deal with them. She's got like four albums to go or something on her recording deal and she's saying that she was sexually assaulted by her pro- long time producer, Dr. Luke and uh, also sort of abused sexually and, and emotionally uh, by him and um, and she is so far has been somewhat unsuccessful in sort of getting out of her contract. Um,
5: right.
1: Uh, a couple of the reasons that this has turned into something that I thought was kind of a little bit more interesting than just sort of like a titillating story about, um, about sort of, everybody jumping all over us, you know, I don't know. I mean, when I first heard about it, I was like, Oh great. Everyone's going to cover this because everyone loves to talk about sexual assault and loves to talk about, um, uh, sort of feminism in the, the, the way in the way of just like, you know, sort of talking about, you know, sort of moralizing about the way that, um, um, yeah. sexually assaulting people is bad, and uh being a victim of self- sexual assault uh is not the fault of the victim and et cetera, which are all true things, but not necessarily worthy of and f- yeah go ahead
5: we have to point out a, like a positive um trend i think still than like the one we we grew up with like or i mean actually it still happens among like it's the prote- it's the accused is like somebody beloved like Kobe Bryant and we do tend to dismiss uh yeah
1: yeah yeah the, yeah, yeah. The so yeah he's
5: been assaulted so it's, a, it's like a case-by-case thing but I do think generally there's there is like a shift in which we're more more apt believe victims, but yeah okay so that, that's actually the level of privilege of the
1: victim right so that's it really interesting that you kind of break that up because at some point in this conversation i want to get to that this idea of like yeah. believing and the politics of believing right. people um but right, but right. but but you're right so so yes definitely better than the opposite um um but the question was sort of whether there's a story there um Right,
5: what
1: is left for us to analyze? Yeah, so so, so one of the things that made it more interesting to me is um, I'm interested in Sony's position in terms of their... uh, I mean, so from the outside, they look crazy to me, because, I mean, no matter what is...
5: They're getting so much negative... Yeah,
1: and it's like, no matter what is happening... Um, right. in in is really happening. Just settle this case because you can cannot win. Um And right. and 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 you know, and I, the way I was sort of phrasing it to people was like, you know, treat Kesha like a sports player. Call up Warner Brothers and say, "Look, do you want this best selling artist? Um, uh, give me right. give me a million dollars. I'll sell her to you for a you know a thirty percent discount on what this contract would act is actually worth." And right. you know, and then everybody sort of wins. I mean, Sony may tag you know take a little hit, but they still get they still get value for their contract. They don't have to just get rid of the contract and then get Kesha to sign on, and then and that's that's sort of the game. Um, I'm wondering. And that's
5: like all she wants, you know. is, is Right. To get away right. From this particular person. Right.
1: Or that. Yeah. And so I'm wondering whether you know sort of sony is worried about precedent here in terms of like you know obviously the last thing you know i mean all that these 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 record companies are built on their ability to capitalize on their stars once they're stars that's why they have to lock these people into these four album deals and so once that sort of the crack there's a crack in the edifice they're worried that uh, everyone will start trying to jump out of their deals a or b they 're yeah. just egotistical people who don 't yeah. realize that they 're shooting themselves in the foot from a business perspective in order to hold on to let 's be frank not a incredibly not a not a uh, artist that history will remember well. Um, in right. order, in, you know, I mean, in other words, it's not yes, like they're,
5: they're losing like the Beatles,
1: right? I mean, it's not a prestige brand. It's just a hit artist that they have that, that, that can make them X amount of dollars. And, you know, it's a pretty much a dollars and cents, uh, transaction. And so it's just, a, so, so I mean, so I mean, yeah. And in other words, they either they're, they're really valuing the, the, the sort of taking sort of like a negotiating position of no exceptions for fulfilling, you know, four-album deals, which that, I I can't, you know, I don't know enough about the music business to say that that's a dumb position to take because maybe it is that important, or B, uh, they're stupid and they're just... They're just not thinking big picture about and they're being egotistical and saying, well, we don't believe her or we don't even if we do believe her, we don't think it's that big a deal or whatever they're thinking. Um, but I yeah. thought it was interesting. And I and I also thought it was interesting in terms of like, you know, our um, entertainment contracts are a, f- are a funny animal because they're so personal. Um, and this mm. kind of gets to like w- the whole Dr. Luke, you know, I don't want to work with Dr. Luke thing. Um, you know, usually contracts are for um you know are for pretty transactional stuff and and you know you can't you can't control people that much in contracts. In other words, you cannot you you know, you can't control you can't contract people for you know, there's no specific performance, for example, of personal services. In other words, you can't a judge cannot make somebody do work, you know, because... Oh,
5: interesting. um, Yeah,
1: and so they, you know, so these contracts have to find ways around them by saying, well, you don't have to do the work, but we're going to take all your money and you've already collateralized it with all this other stuff and we're going to own all the rights to all your music and all your songwriting and everything so you can't even go out and sing your own songs anymore and you're not allowed to appear on television and you're not allowed to, you know what I mean? They have to sort of make these ironclad contracts.
5: They can't make her record any more albums but they can like stop her from
1: Doing they can it, stop her right. from doing it for anyone else, and they can stop her from almost doing right. anything else with her life, and they can screw her on any possibility she had for of capitalizing on the music that she's already done. I think is the way that it basically gets set up. But my point is that it's interesting because, um, you know, we don't usually make contracts for things that are really personal. Like you can't say this catchphrase right. if you're not on our network, right. or you can't use this name. I mean, that was the famous, you know thing behind prince changing his name to the symbol was that you know he was getting you know he was in in he was in uh an argument with his label and you know part of that was the name prince um and
5: that worked for him right
1: well i you know i don't know enough about the details of that i mean i think that it was part of an ongoing negotiation you know what i mean in other words he's like okay well then i'm going to change my name to dollar sign and then what are you going to do? You know, and then they came back, you know, but anyway, it was a, it was a move in the negotiation. But my point is, it's interesting to think about the fact that, you know, in the music business or in, in any kind of business, entertainment business like this, you're, you're, you're having people with a lot of power sort of, um, signing contracts with, you know, impressionable young star, impressionable young stars, um, for very, very personal services, And having sort of like monetary and other kind of and legal controls over somebody in this really personal way. And so that kind of it's scary how that, you know, to think of that going hand in hand with like an abusive or, uh, you know, with abuse of that power, because like all of a sudden it's not just like you're under contract where you have to do this work for me. It's like you're under contract where you have to be in the room with me and you have to be wearing certain clothes around me and you have to be singing around me.
5: your and, whole your face is like yeah and uh,
1: going to parties uh, with me and going you know what i mean so it's like it's you know i i mean it's it's a scary thing to think about yeah yeah we were talking about uh, you know sort of before the show about both about the art world and about things about uh your particular expertise in the burning man world um where yeah. where things like this have come up because, um, cause, right. I mean, the other thing, right, is like this thing about working in a sort of party atmosphere and the ways in which that right. can get, get really dicey. Yeah,
5: yeah, that's the, it's our sort of related topic is the concurrent scandal with that music publicist.
1: Right, yeah. this, so this was this guy Heathcliff Baru who worked for a, a big publishing company and was uh or sorry a pr a music pr firm and was called out by somebody on twitter from the band dirty projectors i believe for saying basically this person sexually assaulted me and then about 15 other people said yeah me too and he is now
3: yeah
1: sort of you know kind of he's been fired or resigned he has sort of started to cop to his behavior He's in rehab for, you know, drugs and alcohol and sex addi- addiction. And, you know, one of the things about that, that, that thing, that whole kerfuffle was not so much that, um, I mean, of course, I think that he's being treated exactly how he should be treated. He's being fired and, you know, shut out of this business because you just can't, you can't act that way um right. you know, that's not acceptable but in any industry but but uh one of the things that was shocking to me and maybe I'm naive um or surely I'm naive but was that that this could go on you know that i mean that this kind of behavior yeah. is you know that this kind of behavior fl- you know was fly was this guy was the ceo of of like i mean 30 projectors are a no joke big indie band that was you know what I mean I mean and so uh, you know they're on the level of like you know whatever magnetic field or death cab or something and so um, the fact that that this guy was operating in that world and up to this shit um, and was getting away with it was kind of shocking to me and it makes me think gosh do I just not know what goes on in these kinds of environments
5: right right yeah, it seems like I mean there are so many elements to talk about with this sort of thing. But the thing about like it, it being allowed to go on and with this Heathcliff Barrow guy, people talked about how everybody knew and it was like an open secret. Um, but at the same time, like I don't know. I mean, it's just interesting that it's just a common thing where. Um, women often are victims of like harassment and assault often like wait a really long time to speak about it and i think that 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 was maybe why it was um why this particular situation persisted it's like the women themselves might tell people around them and then those rumors can propagate but but until they all like spoke up in a public forum like twitter like, nothing was done about it. Right. You know, so there, it, like, elevated it from the level of And do you think that that... Like, public declaration. Let me ask, I think there's, yeah. like, a... Yeah. Yeah, you go.
1: No, I was just going to ask you a question that, like, none of us are equipped to answer, but I'd just be interested to hear your just, like, impression, which is, yeah. like, do you think that comes more from a personal place of... Not knowing how to deal with that situation and feeling ashamed or feeling, you know, whatever, all of the things that you might feel or or from a professional standpoint of saying, well, what is this going to I mean, this is going to fucking start a shit show and it doesn't benefit me at all. And I didn't ask for this and I don't have a responsibility to be further victimized by the fact that I just got victimized by someone. So I'm not gonna just, you know, so anyway, so I mean, do you have a take on that?
5: I think I do have a take. I mean, I was date raped, and afterwards, like the guy was a friend of mine and I like tried to talk to him about it and he was super manipulative and just like made me feel really guilty. And even though I, like, knew better, like, that guilt, like, stayed with me. And actually, it was really interesting because it kind of parallels, like, what happened with this Heathcliff guy or, like, over the course of, um, like, I wanted to believe that he was, like, a good person and that he had, like, fucked up um, and that it was okay, but then, like, I heard rumors about like him doing the same thing to other women. And so I didn't I waited until I heard about that to like speak up about it. And I think it was like first of all just like it is traumatizing to even talk about it at all. And then like so as time passes and you have some distance from the experience, it's just easier to discuss it. And then like the other thing is just like knowing, seeing when you hear about it happening to other people, you realize it's not something you did wrong. Like this person has a problem or they're like, and you, you know, fucked up sociopath. And, uh, and then you want to like protect other people. Cause you're like, Oh shit. You know, other women might end up going through the same thing if I don't say something. Right. So there's that. And then also just like, I can't remember what the third thing i going to say is. But it seems, like, really, really normal to, like, wait until you sort of realize that it's, like, more to do with... I think also when you, like, when something like that happens to you, it's almost easier to think it is your fault because if you... That implies that you had control in the situation, so therefore it won't happen again if it's, like, your fault. You know what I mean? So if you, like, accept fault, then the odds of you being able to prevent that again are higher. And that's right. really that's an, an illusion, you
1: know? Huh. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> this, that was a lot of stuff.
5: Yeah, yeah. Sorry.
1: No. Uh, that's fine. Um, yeah. But I think it's it's a good answer to my question in terms of, like, realizing that it's not... It's you know we think of these people as like powerful in terms of like you know when I'm saying like I can't believe this shit would go on, um you know I I think I'm just like I'm not giving enough weight to the fact that it's like an incredibly tough situation to be put in regardless of the fact that it's a work situation just in a so right. in a, even in a social situation. It's just an incredibly tough position to be put in, and you can't expect these things to ha- to sort of be dealt with. You know, I mean, like so. Yeah. In, in, you know, in one world, Heathcliff Baru pulls this like thing, which he evidently did to several women, where he basically forced them to jack him off, like you know, right uh, by like ripping right. you know, and then he pulls this once, and the woman gets up, you know, and says you know, and immediately is calls his boss and everyone involved, and everyone takes them seriously and this is you know this is like this guy's g you know done for um and I guess the my point is that it's actually i mean the way you know the way you describe it it makes sense that that doesn't happen. I mean, right. sort of. you still sort of yeah. still wish it was... And you sort of still wish it does, you know? You sort of still wish it was, like, a one-and-done kind of situation, you know? I mean, that you can't... That these things can't uh, just kind of go on for years with successful people, but...
5: Right, right. And also, it becomes, like, a... Like, it, it is... People talk about how rape is, like, not about sex. It's about power. Yeah. So... Like, I think it's interesting with these, like, men in the music industry who are sort of behind-the-scenes guys. Right, right. It's kind of interesting. It's, like, a way of them being, like, you're the star, but really, like, I'm in control of the situation, and, like, you need me. Uh, And that that also, like, has to do with, you know, the phenomenon of, like, not talking about it right away because you feel like... There's also, like, the fear of not being believed and that's if they're, like, more socially powerful or have some status that you don't. And then also, like, a lot of women like Kesha, like, their sexuality is, like, part of their business. Right. They're which, lost, like, another dimension.
1: Totally complicates things.
5: Yeah. yeah. but
1: and in, And in, like, some ways, like, that you don't, that are really uncomfortable to think about, like... You know, I was listening to some people talk about this on a podcast and they were saying you know, they were sort of and it was like a very, it was an all women podcast that was, you know I didn't at all expect to be less than sensitive about these things, but it was still kind of uh, scary or like, you know, you get get a little freaked out when you hear like things like, (laughs) well, you know, she was like this party girl you know, her first song was about Drinking with a <laughs> bottle of Jack and all this stuff, and you know it almost gets to the thing where it's like, well, you know, if you want to run with the tough crowd, then you know they're, you're going to have to have a little sexual assault mixed in. Whereas if you do like a little, like um, you know, good girl bit, then uh, yeah, you you know you steer clear of that, and that's a really ugly. Uh, right,
5: like, this wouldn't happen to Taylor Swift.
1: Right, that's that's the implication, right? Which is totally bullshit. Right. and it's so
5: fucked up, and, yeah. And it's, and it, and it's yeah. true, like, sometimes the less progressive people on this issue can be women. Uh, sometimes this happens to them, and they have their own kind of internalized things that they're dealing with. Uh, but that's, I, I mean, yeah, it's like your gender doesn't dictate how progressive you are around these issues.
1: Yeah. Well, shit. All right. Well, I feel like that got kind of intense, but um, it's interesting to talk to you about. Um, I think we should wrap <laughs> it up. Um, but, yeah. Uh, thanks. Ran out
5: of time. Yeah.
1: I, well, lastly, so yeah, you, you said you were busy and uh, working at yeah. the studio, and then you have some stuff coming up. Is that right? Or yeah, I'm
5: painting. I've been painting during this whole phone call
1: <laughs> because how's it working? I,
5: it's going well. Good. Yeah, I'm able to multitask. A lot of painting is just like, I don't know, busy work. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, I've been feeding a baby, so I I know I what you mean. I, you know, I know yeah. how you feel. Oh
5: yeah, you've had you've had Alex with you. Yeah. First, first, so um, adept at this multitasking. Well, we'll so, have yeah, to. Yeah, I have a show. I'm a show April 16th that opens. All right, Which we'll, sounds like it's far away, but it's
1: not. Well, we'll be talking about that as, as, it, as yeah. it gets closer. All right, nice to talk totally. to you. Sorry I didn't get to see, or too bad I didn't get to see you today. Uh, yeah, and, I uh, know. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, this has been Artbeat yeah. Beat uh, on BFF.fm. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, Lily.
5: Thanks. Bye.
6: Love me go to the morning Then won't you wait